In a little under two weeks, Governor of the Reserve Bank of Australia, Philip Lowe, will give a speech about uh, unconventional monetary policy. And what I think that means is that he's uh, attempting to soften up the Australian financial community for the um, uh, possible introduction of money printing or quantitative easing, perhaps as early as December. But what I want to talk about this morning is that most people misunderstand quantitative easing and actually think it is unconventional monetary policy. Matter of fact, for most of Australian history uh, after the Second World War, it was extremely conventional monetary policy. In the 1940s, as a result of World War II, Australia got to a net sovereign debt of 140% of GDP. That, you know, that was as a result of the debts from both world wars. The problem was how to pay it back. And the way to pay it back was that you had to run continuous budget surpluses. And indeed, the Menzies government from the beginning of its second term uh, up until the end of uh, the governments that succeeded it in 1972, ran continuous surpluses through the period. But that wasn't, the, that wasn't all of the problem. The problem was that you needed to contain a moderate level of inflation at the same time. There is a literature which suggests that Menzies wanted to target an inflation rate of, about, of uh, around about 4%. Uh, and there's a record of him talking about this uh, uh, when he's on the campaign trail for the um, for his second term, which is uh, I think 1951. So the question then is, how can you continually run budget surpluses and pay back the national debt, and how can you at the same time generate an inflation target of about four percent? And actually, they achieved an inflation target through that period uh, from the beginning of his second term until 1972, average of about 3.4 percent. Well, how do you do that? Well, back in the day, so long ago that I began to study economics, um, what we learned was commonly, one of the ways of commonly financing government expenditure was to sell debt to the central bank. Uh, indeed, what we learned was that uh, what is now unconventional policy was extremely conventional. And uh, so by continuing to sell a proportion of the debt as it was rolling over, of the sovereign debt it was rolling over, for refinancing to the central bank, what you could do is you can generate growth in the money base, which would generate growth in the money supply and credit in Australia, and that would generate enough lending and enough domestic demand, in spite of the fact you were running this continuous budget surpluses, to keep the economy growing uh, at the fastest rate that it has in our history, actually, the period of growth after World War II, and maintain uh, of an inflation of around about 3 to, uh, 3 to 4%. So this process of rolling over a proportion of debt while you're running uh, a budget surplus has been demonstrated in Australian history as a successful way of managing a healthily growing economy. And I think in, uh, we, we now move to what we're looking at in Australia. It only actually became unconventional. Convinced what this conventional monetary policy only became unconventional in about 1984 uh, because what uh, there was an agreement then between Treasury and uh, the RBA that was set up in around about 1994 to stop doing that because they needed to generate a series of conditions so they could launch a flexible floating Australian dollar. And it was thought that if they continued that practice, 
it, uh, it would generate the expectation of an unstable foreign currency. So it was only then, in 1984, that uh, conventional monetary policy became unconventional monetary policy. So where are we now? What I think is going to happen is that the RBA will announce quantitative easing uh, in the circumstance of a surplus budget. And what they'll start doing is rolling over, providing funding to Treasury to roll over a proportion of, their, of the sovereign debt as it comes due. And as that, what that does, that increases growth in the money base and that increases growth in domestic credit. And that solves what is the essential problem that the RBA has now. It's not, uh, if we look at the outlook that's provided with a quarterly statement of monetary policy, uh, the problem that the RBA has is not that it thinks the Australian economy is going to go in a recession. It's that it thinks that inflation is sustained, will be sustained at a level which is far too low and well below its target. For example, if we look at uh, the quarterly statement outlook uh, that was released last week, it suggests that growth this year will be 2.3% and the CPI will be 1.8%. It suggests that growth next year will be 2.8% and, and the CPI will still be 1.8%. It suggests that year after that, growth will be 3%. All of these are pretty good improving numbers, but inflation is only 2%. So in any foreseeable horizon, forecasting horizon of the RBA, you never get to the target of 2.5% or 3% uh, where the RBA wants inflation to go. So the major issue for the RBA here is not um, uh, is not growth, it's getting inflation up to its inflation target. Now, in addition to that, other mechanisms, in, in, as well as quantitative easing, are likely to be applied. We don't know which ones they are, uh, but uh, one thing that uh, Azib wrote about uh, in March 2019 uh, was the introduction of a program like the Term Funding or TFS program that was introduced by, uh, by the Bank of England. If I analyse the problem of housing loan lending rates in Australia, or if I model that, what I find is it's a combination of short-term monetary policy and long-term, short-term interest rates and long-term interest rates uh, in the bank's funding portfolio. Uh, now, the cut in the cash rate only generated a smaller cut in um, the bank lending rate for home, loan, for home loans. Now, you might think that that's the banks being rapacious, but what was actually happening at the same time is the longer-term rates were going up. So if you combine the combination of the short-term rate plus the long-term rates, uh, they were passing through as, as greater a uh, reduction in cost as, in fact, they were receiving in their, in their portfolio. A way around that, uh, in terms of the uh, temporary funding scheme, is to provide money to the banks at the cash rate out for four years. Uh, that allows, that brings down the funding curve of the banks and allows uh, uh, a cut, perhaps uh, in the Australian cash rate of 50 basis points, uh, a larger proportion of that to be passed through. But at the same time as that, what, uh, and that would generate uh, more funding for Australian businesses, more investment, more home lending, that sort of thing. But the problem that the RBA has is not just that, that's not just in the transmission mechanism, 
is that the inflation is so low and they need to rise it towards their target. And I think the most likely way they're going to do that is by beginning to finance part of uh, the portfolio of Australian sovereign debt as it rolls over and comes to the market.